Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 462. It's just going to be a discussion between me and my great and intelligent and knowledgeable co-host, Adrian. <laughs> We're going to be discussing how do you identify your ideal customers for the beginning of 2020? How do you identify who your market really is? It's more difficult than you think, and I've been struggling with it, and I'm sure Adrian's going to have some words of wisdom. So, Adrian, can you quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Hi, everyone. Welcome to 2020. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. Happy to be doing another year of uh, the WP Tonic show because uh, I came in, what, halfway through last year? Yeah, about that, Adrian. It's been great having you on the show, actually. Thanks for being part of the WP Tonic tribe. Um, we're going to, before we go into the show, folks, I've got a couple of our great sponsors to talk about. Our main sponsor, been a sponsor for over two years. They decided to be our sponsor, our main sponsor for 2020, and that's Kinster Hosting. Now, if you're looking for Premier WordPress hosting, there's no better place than Kinster. If you're a, um, for a client or for yourself, you're a power user, you've got a membership site or WooCommerce site, you need something better than, than the average poor hosting that is available from certain other providers where you won't get that from Kinster. It's top-notch. It's Google Cloud-based and you get a beautiful interface with all the bells and whistles, staging site, latest versions of PHP, you name it, they offer it in the interface and it's really easy to use. Plus, you get some of the best support on the market uh, in 2020. These people really know what they're talking about. And you don't have to be um, moved on to somebody that does know what they're doing. The person that you communicate first of normally can solve your problem. So if that sounds interesting for yourself or for your clients, go over to Kinster and tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. Our second sponsor is uh, another great product, a new product called Launch Flows. What is Launch Flows? Well, if you've got a WooCommerce site and you want a better checkout experience, basically Launch Flow will do that for you. Um, it just puts um, the checkout experience on steroids. It also works with cart flows as well, but um, it's just it just makes the experience amazing. So if that's interesting for your own WooCommerce site or for your clients, go over to Launch Flows and see what they have got to offer. So let's get into it. So what what how do you identify who your ideal client or clients are going to be? You know. How do you do, Adrian? There are a significant number of factors that go into discovering that ideal person. Uh, And it's a journey that I've personally been on and and my company has been on for about, well, really since day one. And you're, as a business, you never really have like this perfect ideal customer, but you're always, everything that you do is always getting you closer to who that person is. You're, and you're aligning your practices and your processes, your copywriting, your marketing, along with that person. It's just a continual process. So, one of the, the, the some of the factors that go into 
at least trying to come up with this person uh, for mine, who I call digital marketer, Dave is uh, my, my ideal person. Uh, you have to align a few different things. Number one, you have to first know a few things about where, where you want your product to fit in a specific market. Do you want to be down market? So is your product going to be at the lower end of the price spectrum? Uh, what the size of your company is going to be? Uh, what kind of like culture you want your company to have? Are you going to be up market? So we're talking uh, larger sales. You know, you're going to have to have sales reps doing one-to-one calls and things like that. Your own internal company structure is going to have a big effect on, on who this type of person or who your ideal client is going to be. Um, especially if you want to say, I want this many customers, but this much revenue in any particular given time. Do the math on that and you'll decide, you'll start to figure out where you are in terms of product market fit in terms of cost and stuff. Other things that you have to uh, think about are in terms of at least for a lot of people probably listening to this, if you're a product maker or a course creator or um, a lot of you are probably agencies, people who do development work for other businesses, you also want to be thinking, how much support am I willing to do for any particular person? And what's the cost of that support is going to be? And that's also going to help you develop a a product market fit. So I'll give you Digital Marketer Dave as an example of of who we've kind of over time worked to align our business with. You called that Avatar. avatar, Customer Avatar. Avatar, yes. Customer Avatar. And I did this uh, through uh, working with a guy named Dan Martell, who is a big SaaS thought leader. And uh, he uh, was recommended to me by... Chris Lifter LMS for anybody who knows uh, that product. So some, some really powerful stuff coming out of this guy's kind of like branch of the universe. Uh, we came up with Digital Marketer Dave. Digital Marketer Dave works in an agency. And the reason we chose he works in an agency is because agencies often have the highest success rates in terms of implementation and the lowest amount of support tickets in terms of like uh, post-purchase uh, fulfillment. So whenever you're coming up with an avatar, you want to know, okay, so who do I want in my tribe and how much am I going to have to invest in that person or in return for them investing in me? Because what could happen is if we have, for example, decided to target, let's say the DIY group of the do-it-yourselfers, of which we have many in our tribe. But if we've like particularly focused on attracting those people, uh, usually uh, in that kind of relationship, the investment in the client can outweigh the actual investment in the product that they make. So there is an imbalance there because you know if it costs you however many hours to support a particular client, let's say through either support tickets or you're getting on webinars or calls, and you know the level of support that they require is in the hours of time. If your hour is worth $250 an hour, but they only paid $400, you know, for a product, if in my case as a maker, a product maker, and I charge a yearly license fee of like 500, for, between 400 and $500, that is like, that is not a profitable relationship. So that's something that you have to think about. It's all well and good to, you know, say, hey, listen, I want to empower people who are not starting out or who have never experienced digital marketing before and go in and say, hey, listen, I'm going to uplift all of you, but your pricing has to be reflective of the both ways investment, which is something that I learned the hard way <laughs> in, uh, as I was coming up with Castor for because we'd say, hey, listen, you know, we want people who've never done digital marketing before, who are totally inexperienced, 
And uh, we're going to help you and provide all of the support that you're ever going to need. And we used to have free support on top of that. Uh, we only have premium <laughs> support now. Yeah. Don't, don't offer free support. I mean, if you have the resources to do it, great. If you don't, not a, it's, it's not a selling tool. Uh, and it's not a lead magnet. It's actually just a really, it's a really big hindrance on the business as a whole is what I discovered. Um, but we used to be going, our, our customer avatar used to be the, the DIYers, not necessarily the agencies because they were using stuff like Active Campaign or ConvertKit or Infusionsoft or whatever. So how do you deal with the um, the free product or the, in the, do you offer a kind of um, forum experience where people can post um, a question and you get time, it will be answered sometime. And Absolutely. Then with, with the paid version, you have a direct ticketing system. Is that correct? Absolutely. So, so something that you have to take in mind is when you go out and you choose your your ideal customer avatar. Again, going with Digital Marketer Dave, who works in an agency. He's pretty experienced. He's been around the block a couple times, and he knows what he's doing. And he's pretty much self sufficient, right? That's the ideal customer for us because they pay the money and they never submit a support ticket, which means that we have a very profitable relationship because there's no, there's not a whole lot of fulfillment time on the back end after that initial purchase. Uh, but not every single customer that you ever get is going to be that ideal customer. Uh, Dan Martell calls it the halo effect. Other people will see those people succeeding, your ideal customer succeeding and say, hey, listen, I want to be kind of like that person. And they will actually just end up coming into the fold with them as a result of you helping this particular vertical of clients succeed. And you still have to support and uh, allow those people to succeed using your product. You can't deny, I mean, you could, but it's not probably a great idea to deny service to those people. So we have developed systems and processes to support those people as well through uh, channels that do not cost us a significant amount of money uh, in either, or a significant amount of resources in terms of either money or time in order to support them and allow them to succeed as well. Uh, we have courses and office hours, as well as a, a support group on Facebook, so that the people who are not our ideal customer, um, who are still great people and great customers and an, an incredible asset to your business, but who do not fit that particular, you know, need or desire for that, you know, profitability ratio in terms of uh, investment in your company and investment in the client. People who do not fit that at least have somewhere where they can still get the answers that they need in order to be successful with your product or service. Um, that took that that little bit of knowledge information took at least eight months of trial, error, and experience. Where I probably could have just gone to, you know, Chris and asked him or asked Dan and be like, "Hey, listen, what should I do about this?" And they probably would have told me, and I probably would have been able to learn that lesson eight months sooner. Um, but no, that's that that lesson took a really, really long time, uh, especially for a startup. You know, if you're just like a course or you're an agency and you're getting your first set of clients, which is a grind. Like there's no question that it's a, it's a total grind and you're trying to figure out, all right, where where do I price it? What's my service? You know, how much am I willing to invest in the success of my clients? Finding that balance is incredibly difficult. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's a bit like... Um... You know, let's let's take constant contact, contact and active campaign. They do similar things, but they're two very. I would say that they are attracted to two very different. There's no kind, question, like kind of customer yeah. bases, aren't they? Where the constant contact, they did a lot of um, building up 
in the non-profit world in and they had consultants that went round physically had had webinars physical yeah. uh, meetings and they seem to concentrate a lot on the small business but also the non-profit where active campaign seems to be aimed at your market at the more professional digital marketer type yeah so what's what's kind of interesting in in, in that space is um, and I'm going to use I'm more familiar with MailChimp uh, versus Constant Contact in the same space, but they kind of operate in a, in a similar space. Part of MailChimp's, uh, MailChimp's attraction factor is that if you're a brand new startup, right, or you're just getting started and you don't have the money to invest in active campaign, which can get pretty up there pretty quickly uh, in terms of cost, MailChimp starts out absolutely free and you can have up to like a thousand contacts or whatever it is for free and you can send your emails for free. And that is a huge attraction factor. If you're looking to start building a list, MailChimp has an extremely powerful list of affiliate marketers on their team who are constantly posting about how to get started with MailChimp and MailChimp has integrations in pretty much every single tool. So what I find interesting about, at least in the MailChimp case, is that they, they, their ideal customer is really a low market person uh, where they're kind of just getting started. But once they kind of start using MailChimp and their business grows, they, uh, they become locked in with MailChimp. And it's very <clears throat> and difficult to switch from one CRM or marketing automation tool to another, uh, which I've done for many people many, many different times. It is a very painful process and they basically bank on the fact that as your business grows, you become stuck because they're high tier pricing, they're upmarket pricing and they have products to serve those upmarket people. As I said, you know, you can target a, a specific vertical of customer, but everybody else will be, will be brought in because of the halo effect and it's just unavoidable. They have those products for those upmarket people and they're very pricey. And that's yeah. where they make a lot of their money is on the back end as the business grows and become locked in and it's too painful to move elsewhere. Exactly. I think we're going to go for our break and we'll be, be back and discussing how do you identify your ideal client or clients. It's an important subject. And if you don't do this, you're really flying blind, basically. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WPTonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. Well, Adrian, I thought we had a good discussion in the beginning. I just want to quickly, um, we veered off and started talking about, which was totally my responsibility, uh, about some of, the, some of the competitors in your sector. But I think it was linked because the, the it's um there's there's a few competitors there, but when you really look at them, they are very targeted yes. at certain groups like ConvertKit. Yeah. That they, they really built their brand on power bloggers, didn't they? Providing tools for the blogging, the the top 
20% of the mm-hmm. blogging world. Well, they? my vertical is WordPress professionals, right? Yeah. So everybody, everybody who <coughs> Groundhog is a WordPress professional in some way or another. And they're using WordPress and they're dedicated to WordPress and they love the, the, the WordPress community and, and things like that. But in terms of like, uh, I used to be a big partner in Infusionsoft. So mm. I'll talk about that a little bit. Well, they're, they're, they used to be also power, but then with their new product, Keep, they seem to be aiming at the small market now. Um, now, when like Drip, Drip seems to be focusing since it was e-commerce. bought to, E-commerce, doesn't e-commerce. it? E-commerce. Their that's, focus is their you've focus. You got an e-commerce business, use Drip. That's that's basically their thing, and that's that's their their ideal customer or people who are running e-commerce business because a lot of their feature set and their and and their content marketing is focused specifically on on that nicheified e-commerce business. Which it wasn't when they when 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 they initially did their purchase with Rob and his co co-founder. It was a more generalistic audience, but. They now they totally focus on that e-commerce sector, don't they? That's their brand. Well, I'm sure you've heard this before, uh, and it's probably not the last time we'll mention it. But you know, if you're selling to uh, you know a, a lot of when new product makers or course makers, whatever, you know, they get asked the question, "Well, who are you selling to?" And it's like, "Well, anybody that'll buy it, right?" <laughs> that's that's always the initial question, especially if you've never taken a marketing course or a sales course or anything, and, you, and you're pretty pretty like novice in the in the whole industry. Yeah. But the the thing is, like, if you're selling to everybody, you're selling to nobody. Have you, um, were you at any stage, you know, and if you don't want to discuss that, I, t- I totally understand. But at any stage, were you, were you interested or looked at just focusing, we are the email CRM provider for WooCommerce. If you're in WooCommerce, we're, we're, the, about we're, it. we're the tool yeah. for it. I thought about it and it is, it's an interesting proposition um, because that provides you uh, like solidity, right? It allows you to cement yourself in a particular stance and position, uh, which makes it really easy for people who are in that vertical to self-identify themselves as potential customers. And that's the reason that nicheifying is so powerful because if you if you pick that particular vertical and you spell it out in black and white, people who read it, will be able to easier self-identify themselves with the, the values of your company. Again, using Drip as the example, they identified themselves as the e-commerce CRM. And there are lots of CRMs and marketing automation tools that you can use for e-commerce, but them spelling it out. Yeah. So if you're looking between uh, Campaign and Drip, and it's like, well, Active Campaign seems like more generalist, and I'm a, but I'm an e-commerce company, and Drip is saying, we're the e-commerce one, who are you going to pick? Right, you're gonna you're gonna go the one that spelled it out in black and white. Now, of course, there are exceptions to this rule, but I'm sure if you looked at like the overarching, you know, millions of customers that they have signed up combined, then you'd you'd probably see the distribution lean towards at least an e-commerce people towards that's uh, uh The reason that we haven't particularly done that is uh, a there is someone in that space already. Um, so they're called Jilt, uh, and they offer e-commerce specific. Marketing automation. Never, never heard of them. Which is never heard of them. To be honest. Yeah. So they're a software as a service product, uh, but they cater to Shopify, easy digital downloads, WooCommerce, and, and big commerce, and a couple others. Um, so we we didn't want to we didn't want to go into that space because they're doing actually really really well in that space. Uh, and we decided to shift our focus instead of just doing like e-commerce. We were just going to do WordPress, and we were going to try and do our best to control 
the WordPress niche because yeah, a lot what, of software as a service products, you know, is, are platform agnostic, right? So they can work on. Well, you know, you look yeah. on the hosting side with Liquid Web. They, you know, the, since um, um, Chris Lemmick joined them, they their focus their focus now it, WooCommerce. is it, it's WooCommerce, yeah. isn't it? WooCommerce. WooCommerce. If you look in, the, so it's a big enough for a, a substantial hosting company. So I was wondering why you um, and you put you might be still thinking about it. If I was, I, I was just interested because I, I think it really links into our conversation, doesn't it? I think I think if anybody, so we, we we've been in it for about a year now, and I think if anybody was starting out, and maybe in another lifetime, if I had, was in like month one, I was like, all right, well, who are we going to really identify? I might have chosen to go down one of those paths and be like, and chosen WooCommerce or 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 whatnot. I think part of the reason that I'm probably not going to go to that that road is because WordPress powers some like 75 million businesses. I think yeah. the stat is WooCommerce powers about four. Yeah. Right. So you're thinking about total market potential capitalization. If you built a brand on top of just being like the WooCommerce people, you have that very specific cap on your total possible market capitalization. Now, having you know a really big capitalization on four million people is certainly nothing to cry about. So there is that to be said. You know, having even maybe one percent of that would be incredible. Uh, having one percent of an entire Word, WordPress market, though, is would be better than that. And we also have a lot of other tools. Our original uh, MVP wasn't at all designed for e-commerce at all. Uh, it was really designed for the consultant, the service business, uh, and and people who kind of like get on the phone and and and, and talk to their people. Uh, we then introduced a lot of helpful e-commerce features. Like our WooCommerce integration is very robust. Uh, and would rival that of some of the, like the leading marketing automation people who do operate. In- well, it's a natural, isn't it? If, if you're in WooCommerce, it would be a natural thing to use a WordPress-based um, email CRM system. One would wouldn't think, it? wouldn't they? <laughs> you would have thought, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, so I, I, I honestly, like the appeal for me is absolutely there. Uh, one of the things that, you you mentioned earlier ConvertKit, right? So ConvertKit really went in their initial stages after the content creators, the bloggers, the vloggers, people who wanted to build their list. They were busy writing content. They didn't have time to do or learn anything about marketing. Or well, it still, it still is the situation, but um, who who was the founder of ConvertKit? I, I, the name escapes me. Yeah, it escapes me. But I was reading one of these blogs and he said to me, it, it was a scratch of his own itch because he said... That, you know, like MailChimp and some of the other um, established players, they provided terrible way of getting people to sign up. They provided some HTML code that was a bit wonky. And there was a number of third-party plugins yeah. that you could purchase that. Back in the day. In, back in the day, about three back years ago, day. folks. Not that old. Not that back at three, three years ago in like technology time is like decades. Oh, give me a break. Uh, um, <laughs> so uh, um, so uh, basically, they're really clunky and some of these third-party um, systems. So he said he wanted to provide an experience where people could get a, a way of getting people to sign up for the newsletter easily. That would work of the back-end system easily, and that's mm-hmm. how ConvertKit was um, born, basically. And then, he, like I say, he had a laser focus 
But he, if you read um, some of his materials and some of it's quite insightful, he, it took almost three years because he said for the first two years, he, he didn't quite understand who his target audience was. Um, and then he realised it really was this top echelon. His mm. initial target audience was this top echelon blogging community. And he, he had laser focus about getting in with them, providing value, meeting them personally, and building the business up. One of, one of the reasons that, I, I, again, another reason we didn't go down the like super niche route is because our, our niche doesn't necessarily belong to what kind of businesses, but the people who are serving those businesses. Again, our, our, our avatar is digital marketer Dave, who is not necessarily running his own business, mm. um, but is doing the marketing for other people's businesses. Again, because I used to be an agency or working mm. in an agency, rather, and Groundhog was scratching our own itch. You know, we're like, all right, we need a software that we can use that we know will you know always be there for us. So we built Groundhog instead of using what we were using, which was Infusionsoft at the time. And uh, started good, goodness that. gracious, <laughs> and started implementing that for for our customers instead. As the agency person, Groundhog is really designed in order to allow agencies to succeed in installing it on a customer's WordPress website, adding some funnels in there, and the con- and the customer or the whoever the agency is, or sorry, whoever the client is, can call their agency and be like, "I need you to change this thing," and they can log into the WordPress website and do it in a couple seconds, or that client can actually do it themselves because if they understand a basic understanding of WordPress, they can log in and change some email copy if they need to because it looks exactly the same as WordPress. So really it was designed to make that interaction between client and agency significantly easier. So we're really, we're, we're almost going over the heads. Our targeting is over the heads of the typical DIY or small business and going straight for, all right, so you're an implementer, you're an agency, you have 50 or so people who are using this platform or who are using WordPress. You can use this to quickly uh, and efficiently set up marketing funnels and campaigns and all of that stuff across all of your client sites as quickly as possible. Well, it's totally logical because there's a real cost, you know, there's there's a number, you know, we've talked about active campaign, constant contact, MailChimp, you've got MailLite, and you, there, there's, uh, there's over about 20 of these different drip focused at um, e-commerce, um, convert kit, the blogging world, but they've expanded that. But, you know, leaving it to the client, well, you, they expect you to be experts straight off, don't they? Yeah. they ex- well, how can you be expert? They, yeah, they, they have similarities, but they also have the interfaces are a lot different. And these are complicated, powerful systems to some extent, aren't they? And um, you can't, how could anybody um, be expert on on a dozen to 20 different systems? They just couldn't, it's, could they? It, it, no, it, and especially for the small business who, as a small business owner, I'm sure as anybody, everybody who is where are on this call right now, understands, you know, business owners wear many hats. They're the CEO, the CMO, the CFO, the CTO. They're pretty much everybody in their business. And they need to, you know, asking them to learn an additional language, if you will, is something that is neither, like, it's it's not a sexy proposition, right? Of the end result of learning that language. 
is certainly sexy, but the getting there or the or the ramp up to understanding it really well is not great. And what agencies promise is essentially the end result without the learning experience because yeah. they've already gone through that learning experience. So we know that agencies are out there who are struggling with implementing a lot of these different systems uh, for their clients because of lousy integrations or it's complicated or the end user or the client doesn't know how to understand the system they want to. We sought to relieve a lot of the tension in that relationship. And that's really where our niche is. And that's why we didn't go down the road of either like choosing e-commerce or choosing content bloggers or choosing everyone. We're going above that straight to the people who are the... I just think it's been been an interesting conversation. Um, We're going to kind of point it out, even in this area, you know, the products have found niches in the main product and they're focused at different sectors. The idea that there's one all-embracing, the only real general tool that does that to some extent is MailChimp. But they do that for the specific reason you pointed out earlier in our conversation. They lock you in. Yeah. And I was reading, I was reading uh, Pippin's, uh, Pippin from Easy Digital Downloads and Sandhills Development, his end of year blog post. And they send all of their email marketing through MailChimp. Okay. Uh, and he did something like, I want to say three and a half million in revenue or just under three and a half million in revenue last year, which is Pretty freaking awesome. Awesome. And 32,000 of that went to third-party providers, of which the biggest share went to MailChimp. That is a big email marketing bill, right? And that is how they get... That is is where the money is made because they... They, they lock you in when you are a small company, just to, you know, your aspirations are over the moon and everything. And as your business grows, it is such a painful process to move away from that provider and go possibly to another one. So their target is art market, but, but the, the money is made at the top of the market where you're kind of like locked in, which is a great business model, really. So um, we're going to go, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. We're going to have some bonus content where I'm going to talk about how I, I feel that I've identified what I call buckets. I buckets. Call them buckets. I'm interested. I, I call them buckets of groups of individuals and people that I'm aiming to provide a service to. So I'm going to get a response from my more intelligent, better looking, more successful co-hosts. Uh, um, and um, he's probably going to give me a tip in So we're going to finish off the podcast part of the show. If you're really generous listeners and viewers and um, you want to support the show, there's two things you can do. You can go to the WP Tonic um website and sign up for our newsletter uh, um, I offer a load of lead magnets but we're going to be expanding the value of our monthly newsletter with special prizes aimed at you and listeners there will be more about that in the coming weeks so, and the second thing you can do for us if you're really generous is go to iTunes and give us a review it really does help the show we'll be back next week with an, either another great internal discussion or a great guest and we'll see you soon folks bye thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week 